Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello? Hello? <clears throat> Podcast Network Asia. Network Asia. What's going on? This is Xavier Woods, a.k.a. Austin Creed. I said give me a hell yeah! Hey, this is Zayda Zay. Hello, WWE Universe in the Philippines. This is Charlotte. Talent is not sexually transmitted. You need to go back to the drawing board because your game absolutely sucks! Hey, everyone, this is Jeff Cobb. I'm Lewis Howley. I'm Sam Spoker. We are pretty deadly. Yes, boy. Yes, boy. Hello, my name is Ina Dragunov, the star, the NXT UK champion, and you're listening to the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. You are watching and listening to the longest-running weekly episodic Filipino wrestling podcast. This is the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. Stan C. and Romoran at your service for episode number 499. That means next week, we're going to be celebrating another milestone here on the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. When we bring you episode number 500, we're promoting it in advance. Watch out for it when it drops on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts on Tuesday, June 14. And sabi nga ni Ro kanina, uh, you can give a teaser, uh, we'll, we'll be talking to the pioneers of modern philippine wrestling yes sir uh casino like can we tell them or yeah we... yeah sure we got Shempre, uh, mr philippine wrestling himself jake de leon we got the daredevil himself robin sane uh we got um ex-senior producer senior mwf producer uh William William Elvin, sorry, I keep reverting to his fake kayfabe name, and we also have MWF president Veronica Shannon. So uh, we tried to get as many people as possible, but that would be super unruly. So we kept it to that original batch who originally founded PWR almost or around ten years ago at this point. Yeah, so it's going to be a very fun roundtable. We'll talk about how they got into it and a bit, a bit of reflection time because it has been eight years, for some of them nine years, since they first got involved with the local scene. So that's our way of paying tribute to the Philippine wrestling landscape now that Philippine wrestling is back. And of to celebrate na rin yung episode number 500. Speaking of local wrestling, Ro, congrats to you and the rest of the MWF roster and crew for putting on a very successful Republica last Sunday. I was there. I had a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, you. That was the first. I think that was the first time or since uh, Renaissance 2014 that you showed up to a wrestling uh, show as a fan, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, we had a lot of fun. Uh, totally missed the energy of the crowd. Uh, I don't think it was it was uh, anything but polite and perfunctory. I think everybody did actually miss watching pro wrestling live, and they missed the energy that the 
Philippine wrestlers brought to the ring. So if you were there, if you're listening to this right now and you were there, thank you for being a part of it. We know that a lot more people wanted to be a part of it, but siempre, because of COVID rules, we can only accommodate uh, 100 people in the audience. But um, stay tuned because I am sure uh, we already have a next live event in September, Road to Fate. And if you want to be part of that, you can you know, watch out for when tickets uh, become available so you can snatch them up before Mobu Sangha. Yeah, I just want to say, and I'm really happy for all of my friends and even yung mga new friends that I've made at the show, uh, the ones I've yet to be friends with as well. Uh, just seeing everybody really be happy and just grind it out in the ring and show everyone just why they love this beautiful sport. It was such a uh, wonderful experience being a fan again. To answer Bruce's question, um, sobrang sayana. I woke up on a Sunday wrestling day without any pressure, not thinking about anything. Di ako kailangan mag-empake, di ko kailangan mag-show up na maga. I'm just there to have fun, not thinking about anything. It was let the me, best. Let me tell you, sir, that is kind of why I took the job as a commentator and not as a uh, wrestler nowadays. Kasi sobrang laking pag-iiba na you don't have to worry about remembering your match, uh, remembering all your spots. Remembering and your lines, your promo. Yeah. Well, your lines, I still have to worry about lines, you know. Because I have to worry <laughs> yeah. about... No, I mean, you have to worry about uh, calling the calling the match in the ring. But, you know, it's a whole freeing experience of not having to worry about the jitters that come before going out there. Uh, I'm going to stick with this job for quite a while. Yeah, sobrang saya. So, sobrang saya. So, uh, to anybody who's asking then, uh, oh, are, are you going to return? Because like, I got that question a bunch of times. I'm like, Man, my life is fine right now. I love the pressure-free environment I'm in. So you guys do what you got to do. I'm going to keep the spotlight on you people. I'm having kids. So let's let them, you know, get their spots in, get their reps in. Let them experience what it's like to, you know, be be a performer this time. Because before, siempre, they were just part of the audience. And now they are the new blood. And I am more than happy to give way to the new blood and some of the um, veterans as well. Yeah, very promising. Uh, a lot of very promising talent. Migs Valdez immediately stands out. Uh, six foot four, legit. Um, it's not every day I meet a local pro wrestler who's taller than me. So uh, props to him. Uh, Chelsea Marie making a huge impression as well. Um, and, and everybody else who made a splash in their MWF live debuts. Uh, you know, uh, as Admin Jackie points out in the comments, we were just having a ball, just uh, cracking jokes left and right and enjoying the product in front of us. So congrats all around. Really happy for everybody. And sana ano, um, for, uh, by Road to Fate, makita kita tayo ulit. All right. Yeah, Sana, uh, I don't know where I don't know where it's gonna be yet. We don't know where it is, so find out. Tune in to find out. But I hope there is gonna be space for more people in the audience. Yeah, Sana, Sana, Sana. Uh, bigger than one hundred people. I'd love to meet more of you. And if any of you happen to be patrons, the I guess I just deliver yung patron goodies to in person, diba, at the MWF show. So that's gonna be even better. Speaking of the patron community, that's actually a great way to, uh, to show your love and support for the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. Somebody asked in the chat, 
if we are going to do a live viewing party for Money in the Bank. Uh, medyo uh, busy ako to organize that right now. But I will tell you that I did plan for a live viewing party of SummerSlam, which is going to be on a Sunday morning Manila time. So stay tuned for that. But as you guys know, as already mentioned, Money in the Bank is coming up in four weeks. So if you want to be a if you want to be a part of that watch party online, Muna for now, uh, all you got to do is subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com slash wrestling wrestling podcast. You can support us for as low as 250 pesos a month. You get access to our Discord community. You get access to our exclusive review content. Uh, we're finally finalizing the merch. It's about to go up soon. So um, patrons get first dibs on a new wrestling wrestling podcast shirt. And also when we do Pasabay, you will be uh, part of it as well. So again, Patreon.com slash wrestling wrestling podcast. The link is in chat. Thank you, Admin Jackie, for as low as 250 pesos a month. Uh, to answer, Bruce, SummerSlam is on July 31, Manila time. That is a Sunday morning. Yeah, so, so they're for perfect sure, time for a viewing uh, party. Yeah, yeah. Wala namang, uh, wala namang finals at that time. Tapos na NBA by then. Yep. Uh, I don't think there's going to be any other live sport competing. So I think that's a good time as any for a live viewing party at Skinny Mike's. Sounds like a plan. Let's start with your news from outside of the ring. And this is something that we've been talking about for quite a few days now. MJF has been removed from all AEW promotional material. So my report na lumabas this week that Warner Brothers Discovery, which I, I'm guessing is the parent company of TNT and TBS. Tama ba? Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, That's they right. were not very happy with the pipe bomb that went down on Dynamite last week. And that's why there were no mentions of MJF at all on Dynamite earlier or on Rampage no weekend. And he's just not in any of their collaterals right now. Yeah, uh, they took it too far uh, since he said that he wanted to piss off the Warner Brothers executives. Uh, yun, he pissed them off. And uh, I guess the F-bomb did not go over well, even though it was censored on the TBS broadcast. I know I heard it in full it's a fight broadcast so that was pretty intense and um if i were them i would rightly be pissed as well because tony khan is working all of us with this entire thing uh he's pushing the envelope the envelope of what is acceptable as a work shoot and i don't know if this is gonna bite AEW in the ass i think this is more on mjf than AEW itself and sana that the edict to remove MJF from all promotional materials is just about it for AEW but I don't know where this leaves MJF I don't know if that means he's going to be banned for quite a while from AEW I don't know if he even wants to come back uh, the, the, the details are scarce right now and I guess we won't be seeing him for quite a while so that kind of tells you where the storyline is at this point yeah, um, I'm not going to uh, stand here and say, nah, yay, uh, this happened. I'm, I'm not going to do that. I'm gonna, all I'm going to say is, Ginusto naman ni MJF to do what he did. And Ginusto naman niya to make the waves that he did. So these are, you know, this is one of the consequences that he'll probably have to live with. Because, I mean, the objective naman talaga of a promo like that, a work shoot like that, is to ruffle feathers. And ruffle feathers he did. 
Yeah, he did. And I guess, I don't know what else he was expecting. I hope, I sure hope that he was expecting this because I'm sure you just don't drop an F-bomb willy-nilly doon sa harap ng mga, exec- mga TV people, right? And it's not cable TV. You just don't do that freely. So I hope that this was everything that he intended for the promo to do. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, word to the wise, if you plan to be on TV or on any broadcast media going forward, be responsible with what you say. Because there are consequences, talaga, lalo na media. Yan. Yeah, so yun, I mean, it's big. They know that it Yep. Saying hi, by the way, to another OG of modern Philippine wrestling, Frankie13. He's hey. in the chat. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Let's get our next piece of news from outside the ring. And it's about our head of the table, our tribal chief, Roman Reigns. And my reports na lumabas this week na baka wala siya sa money in the bank this year, which will make it two premium live events in a row na wala si Roman. Yeah, uh, they pulled him from the show. And I guess that means the rumored or the implied uh, Riddle versus Roman Reigns match is off the table for now. Uh, the Orton versus Reigns match is still a go, I think. I think that's that one is for SummerSlam. But I guess Roman didn't want to um, take the time to work with to work another show. Maybe he's enjoying his maybe he's he's enjoying his little vacation time. Uh, kind of weird that he's doing it while he's champion, but it is what it is. And assigning the entire from when Brock Lesnar used to do it. And I don't know, that that does leave uh, money in the bank without the top champion. I guess the draw this time is the big money in the bank match. And I don't know how to feel about this. I guess it's enough of a draw, the, the match itself. Because there is a whole bunch of uh, hype going along with it. Although the guy who should be winning it is also out with an injury. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm going to take off from what you just said, Ro. It might mean that... Uh... Yung pinaka main event talaga are the Money in the Bank ladder matches. And ako, okay lang sa akin. Kasi yun naman talaga yung theme ng pay-per-view, di ba? Money in the Bank. And um, yung Money in the Bank as a plot device, the idea naman is for it to be beyond that show. Like, Mr. or Miss Money in the Bank could be carrying that briefcase up until WrestleMania or even after WrestleMania, di ba? As long as it's within that one year. So I actually don't mind if yung Money in the Bank ladder matches mismo yung focus ng buong show. Yeah, uh, if it also means that the show will be lean and mean like Hell in a Cell was only three hours, then I'm all for yeah. it. Okay lang naman. Uh, yeah, uh, me- let the Money in the Bank matches get the spotlight they deserve. Yeah, um, Hell in a Cell had seven matches on the card. So at this point, we've got the men's and women's ladder matches, so dalawa na yun, and then you have Bianca Rhea. So that's three already. So apat na lang. Yeah. And hopefully SmackDown gets on the card a lot more this time. But yeah, sign it up. is what it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean uh, they already have set up uh, Ronda versus Natty, so I don't know if that's gonna make it to uh, Money in the Bank. Hopefully Gunther makes it on Money in the Bank this time around. Yeah, uh, I would actually put him in a ladder match. Like why? Why the hell not, Deba? So uh, let him. By that time, I am sure he's gonna be the Intercontinental Champion by then. So uh, why not, you know, unless you want to put an Intercontinental Championship match on the card, but which is quite in the man, but I would much rather see Gunther uh, playing for a shot at the World Championship, the UU Championship. 
people showing love to Veer Mahan here in the chat. That would be fun if Veer won Money in the Bank. But I don't know. Um, Sabi natin Cody Rhodes gets cleared in time for Money in the Bank. I don't know how likely or how possible that would be. Dahil hindi ako doktor. Pero sabi natin cleared na siya. I think he's still the front runner. No, he won't be cleared. He's not going to make it, man. Um, that is six to nine months he's looking at Yeesh. for recovery. So... Hopefully he makes it to WrestleMania. Awa ng just and Mabucha first big push, but you never know. And uh, I don't want to. I don't want to predict it until we see a pool of contest of contestants. So too early to predict. You know, you don't even know if Veer is going to be in the match. Yeah, that's that's a great point. We'll find out closer to Money in the Bank, which should be uh, next month. So July two, uh, July three here in the Philippines. We'll take our first break. When we come back, we'll talk about Hell in a Cell. We'll break it down. Siyempre, kailangan pag-usapan yung injury ni Cody and what that means. And we'll also talk about the Judgment Day and everything that happened with Edge and Finn Balor. But first, here's a way you can support the podcast through your online shopping over on Lazada. All right, guys. So as you know, you can do your online shopping and support the podcast in the process. We just had 6-6. Now there's going to be or there is a sale in which you can buy stuff from Lazmall and you get some money back. And uh, all you got to do to support the podcast with your online shopping is to use our affiliate link, podlink.co slash IAM, podlink.co slash the letters IAM. Type that in a mobile browser at the cart and check out from the app. And what you buy will help us do what we do here in the podcast at no extra cost. And now a quick word from our other podcasts on Podcast Network Asia. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Let's talk about Hell in a Cell. And siyempre, kailangan natin magsimula kay Cody Rhodes. And people have been asking all week, Oy, totoo ba yung injury ni Cody? Work ba yun? And... Uh, I don't even know where to begin here, man. Like that's that looks li- like a legit pack there to me. I literally got a comment on TikTok asking if this was just makeup, and I'm like, why would they go to lengths to put on like one fourth of Draxa Destroyer's makeup for for this angle? Like, why? And so like, soon, gets, right? Yeah, it gets kind of man. Okay, yeah. Uh, um, it's there for the drama. Uh, it might have made it a more compelling match, but nobody's faking this, man. Uh, it's uh, although I will say it is pretty dumb. That's why they thought that it was fake. Because Tinoloini Cody. Would you have powered through if you were Cody Rhodes? No, I would not. Um, I would not have powered through. So, like I said on TikTok, I think this was a horrendously stupid idea. Uh, a lot of people are praising Cody Rhodes for being brave, for being gritty, for being tough, for being passionate enough to power through an entire peck tear just to put on a good match. But it's pretty effing stupid. Like, um, it normalizes the fact that we should go to work even though something is majorly wrong with us just because you still could and you're not dead. Uh, it normalizes the old school mentality that broke a lot of people in the business 
in which they had to keep competing or else they lose a spot, they lose a payday, they lose a big push, if you will. So um, Cody should have not been promoting that mindset. He should have been leaving that uh, mindset in the 80s and 90s. Especially now we're in a time where we have just learned now we should be taking care of our bodies, whether it's the physical body or the mental health. Um, it's not a good idea at all. And if anything, I feel like Cody wasn't brave enough to take a listen and you know rest his body and maybe hear na okay, he's not strong enough, he's not uh tough enough. It's okay to not be tough enough, man. It's it's Nobody is going to take that away from you because your pec, your entire pec muscle is literally torn. It's okay for any person to sit that one out. You don't have to prove to anyone that you're tough. So this is really just Cody playing to his entire ego and his uh, self-esteem that tells him he's not worthy if he doesn't do this. So you know from that, So I don't like it at all. Uh, I find it disturbing that a lot of people have praised it. And I hope that the next wrestler from WWE, from AEW, who encounters an injury like this, just stays the fuck home. So I get you. I hear what you're saying. But uh, at the back of my mind, I also can't help but think that maybe Cody's also uh, feeling the weight of responsibility. Because Cody says, you know what? I'm going to sit this one out. I've got a torn peck. What happens then to the main event of the show? I mean, the show is literally called Hell in a Cell, and your main event is a Hell in a Cell match. And if you take out one half of Hell in a Cell, what do they main event? So apparently, according to the rumors, there were actually alternatives already uh, being considered by creative. So they knew that they were preparing for the inev- in- inevitability of Cody having to go home and stay home. So alam na that. Hindi na problema ni Cody yun. Uh, hindi na niya problema na na-injure siya. I mean, problema niya, yes. Pero hindi na problema yung consequences of the booking, right? Uh, it shouldn't be his problem about... I mean, what WWE has to do in his absence should not be his problem. His only problem should be recovering from his injury and making sure he doesn't you know, damage his body any further. I'm just relieved now when the match ended, uh, Cody seemed like he was still able to walk out on his own two feet. Nah, um, based on whatever reports came out after the show, parang wala namang additional damage. Because uh, according to people who've been reporting on this situation, the maximum damage thing peck, like it can't be any more injured than it already is. So kung ganun nga talaga yung situation, then I'm just relieved, I guess, na wala nang additional negative consequences to Cody's health. Yeah, but also our uh, our operating room nurse, Admin Allen, <laughs> is also uh, saying that he could have injured his other pec because he the other pec would have been overcompensating for the strength loss in his right. So Yikes. there was I didn't that. Know that. Yeah, there was that, and yeah, he just really went there to satisfy his ego and get the, I guess get the ac- the adulation of having worked. A major match, and a really nice match, mind you. I have to say that um, it's quite ironic and paradoxical that this match was really, really good, despite uh, Cody being super injured and being a little, uh, a little hurt and slow at the beginning. So that's the sad part. It was good, and I hate having to say it was good. Sorry, go ahead. 
yeah, may history naman kasi talagang sports in general, not just wrestling, um, of celebrating these moments where the hero guts it out despite injury to perform at the biggest stage. Diba? If you watch the NBA, Willis Reed in 1970, Isaiah Thomas when he had that gimpy ankle in the 88 finals, Paul Pierce nung natae siya nung game one, 2008. So <laughs> <laughs> there's all these moments, right? But, you know, um, I would listen to my body, but I'm not Cody Rhodes. And that's why. Uh, things shook out the way that they shook out. So with that in mind, where would you rank Se- uh, Seth and Cody among all the great Hell in a Cell matches? Because it was good despite the injury. I don't know about all of that. I haven't seen all the great Cell matches. And I am not generally a fan of the Hell in a Cell stipulation. But it was pretty good. Yeah, uh, I would say uh, I would rank it as the best match in their trilogy. And I would rank it as one of the better Cell matches, especially in the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view era. So that's pretty good. And mostly because there was already built-in drama and built-in violence because of the injury. So yun pa, nakatulong yung injury, unfortunately, in that uh, in that regard. So uh, if you haven't seen it yet, you should watch it, especially if you're not queasy naman about seeing uh, a whole-ass bruise on uh, his entire right side. Yeah, it was a great match, even with uh, Seth playing mind games from the get-go, coming out in the polka dots to really needle home the point that he's trying to poke at all of Cody's emotional wounds. So good stuff all around from everybody involved. And I just want to say congrats to Seth and Cody na at least tapos na yung trilogy, or is it? Because based on what happened on Raw, mukhang hindi pa tapos si na Seth and Cody. Uh, I think it was just a way to write him off. And if they want to do another match, fine. If if Seth needs to get his win back, they okay. But uh, I think it's pretty much done. When Cody returns, it's time for something new. I think, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if they would do another Seth-Cody match when he comes back. I guess it would be enough time to have passed. But uh, I want to see some, I want to see Cody do something different. Kyle is asking, which Hell in a Cell match did you prefer? Seth Edge from Crown Jewel or Seth Cody from this past week? This one, I gotta say this one. Uh, a lot of the cell matches kasi, are kind of tame at this point. And the Cody injury kind of gave it that extra violence that I've always wanted from these uh, Hell in a Cell matches. So the drama is also through the roof. So I would say that this stands up as a modern great. Yeah, um, I'm going to agree with Ro here. Seth Cody talaga. Uh, was a really, really drama-filled match. Um, talking about the show as a whole here, what was your favorite match? If not Hell in a Cell. If not Hell in a Cell, I don't know. See, you want to opening. You triple threat for the Raw Women's Championship. That was pretty good. Uh, all three women showed why they are at the top of the... Um, at the top of the women's division, the entire women's division, the women's roster of WWE. So it's good to see that uh, finally we're at this level now. some of the women, at least, are actually elite athletes as compared to maybe 10 years ago. You couldn't say the same. So I really love that Bianca, Asuka, Becky Lynch have proven that and have proven that in the environment of the WWE, which was so reluctant to give that to them before. So pretty cool. I want to show love to Theory and Mustafa Ali because their United States Championship match was actually really fun. I mean, there was a built-in drama of uh, Mustafa Ali being the hometown hero, the uh, Chicago cop, the wrestler, 
And for a while, I, I did think that it was actually Mustafa's match to win. Sayang. Yeah, but uh, uh, it wasn't time yet. They were pretty high on theory. So, yeah. Um, that was... I, I didn't expect my boy Mustafa Ali to win. So, sayang lang. Anyway, uh, as for the show itself, I would have cut a couple of matches. Like, I would have cut Happy Corbin versus Madcap Moss. Even though it was a fun, hardcore match. Yeah. Uh, I would have given that rep to SmackDown to help boost the show. Mm-hmm. Tapos, I would have cut Ezekiel versus Kevin Owens. Give that on Raw. Uh, boost the show as well on Raw. Uh, make it make a shorter uh, pay-per-view. Just, I, I don't mind. I don't mind if the people in attendance don't get what they're, what they paid for. Like, they don't get the full three hours that they paid for. Oh, okay, then as long as the show is leaner and meaner and shorter. What do you think about Madcap here as a serious babyface? Yeah, uh, it was pretty good. Um, he's got the look. He's got the 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 size that Vince wants. Uh, he's got the muscle bound look that Vince wants. Same same with Ezekiel as well. So uh, in this pay per view, they actually proved that they have been good projects of the Performance Center. So I think they've got a bright future ahead of them. Madcap Moss probably just needs better tights. Um, other than the New Japan Young Lion tights that he has right now. So, Yun, um, despite my feelings for these matches being on the card, I, I do think they put out a pretty good, uh, pretty good bout. Yeah, um, I was surprised that Madcap didn't finish Corbin off with the punchline. In pala, they punctuated it with him filmanizing Corbin to yeah. get his revenge. So that was pretty fun. Uh, that was a nice touch to end their feud. Good stuff. Um, I, I think I noticed it no show mismo na itong hell, in, itong hell in a Cell this year is as close as we'll get to having Extreme Rules. Because looking at the premium live event calendar, parang walang Extreme Rules eh. And I guess ito na yun. And I'm actually happy. Yeah. Uh, I hope this is it for themed pay-per-views. Like, okay, nagkataon lang na sumakto yung Hell in a Cell sa feud ni Cody and Seth. Eh. But yeah. uh, I do hope that the entire thing just falls by the wayside. Like I hope they realize that okay, we don't really need we don't really need extreme rules. We don't really need TLC, you know? And hopefully we don't even have to need Hell in a Cell. Like I said we can just do like they did last year at Crown Jewel. They 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 can do Hell in a Cell wherever they want. So yeah. let's go back to that, please. Pasabi. I mean we're getting Clash at the Castle in September, right? And that's not like a stipulation or whatever. It's just a name. And I like it. I love the name Clash at the Castle. So why, why the hell not? Yeah. Let's go to Raw here and talk about the Judgment Day because right after the Judgment Day defeated the baby faces at Hell in a Cell, Biglang Finn Balor comes out, which uh, was rumored to have already been in the plans. But what we didn't see coming was Edge getting kicked out of the Judgment Day two months after he founded the stable and Finn taking his place at the helm. Yeah. If you didn't see this coming, it's because nobody saw this coming. Because uh, it was a last-minute decision that was made before Raw went on the air. Uh, Edge protested against the fact or the the idea of Judgment Day becoming a supernatural stable, much like the Ministry of Darkness or the House of Black. And I'm with him there. I don't like the Judgment Day, but I am totally with him, even though it meant that it didn't really give the Judgment Day much of an identity, but I didn't want to see. I didn't want to see them be supernatural, so they took him out. And I guess the demon is going to lead the, the stable now. Um, it's also missing a few story beats in that uh, all of a sudden Finn Balor just lost 
on at Hell in a Cell tapos biglang okay talo sila sasali na lang siya so I wish there was an entire journey of uh, Finn deciding what to do and being conflicted about what he had to do but of course this is WWE we don't get that fleshed out story in the main roster so this is what we got and I don't like it and I'm sure a lot of people here don't like it on the bright side we'll get to see Finn at his absolute worst as a heel I hope we kind of got a touch of it on NXT but I mean assignment he was such a cool heel that he turned face a little not long afterward so I yeah. think uh being in this judgment day stable hopefully we'll get to see that dickish side to Finn Balor's character which we haven't really seen ever in WWE so I hope we get that Emil here has a question uh, and he asks emergency move daw ba to kasi wala nang top baby face on raw assuming because Cody's gone for the next few months no, it was not. It was really about um, Edge protesting the uh, the supernatural direction of Judgment Day. Because if you were going to worry about um, baby faces, there's AJ Styles. There's Finn Balor. There's Finn Balor himself. You could have elevated them to the top spot. And it. Bobby. I guess there's also no point then because Roman is out anyway. So... It's really not that. It's it's this. It's uh what it's what he didn't want to happen. Medyo na for Edge because nung una I saw the potential with Edge changing everything about him, the music, he cut his hair, he invested in all these suits, um even the set design for the Judgment Day's vignettes and to see Edge getting kicked out of the stable just 2 months after WrestleMania. Parang nagulat lang talaga ako na, oh okay. Uh, we're, I guess we're here now. I, I find it disturbing that they wouldn't listen to a Hall of Famer, like to a legend like Edge. So apparently, pull even after all these years. Like they would rather remove him from the equation than to actually listen to his concerns. Since it's his group, I'm sure uh, he had the idea for it. Or if he didn't get the idea, he owned it totally. Because, As you said, he committed completely to the whole thing. He changed the music that everyone knew and loved. He cut his beloved hair. He invested in an entirely new wardrobe. So, if I were, the, if I were in creative, I would listen to what this veteran would have to say. I don't understand why they wouldn't do that. Yeah, uh, peek behind the curtain here. Um, we're learning more and more about how certain factions are being built. Like, if you listen to Jericho's podcast, he talked about how my input on the Jericho Appreciation Society the same way na Sina Brian my input on the Blackpool Combat Club. So I'm sure Edge probably should, uh, would have had a little bit of pull in terms of like getting his preference for you members on Judgment Day. I certainly had a bit of pull for MSG back in the day. So, um, I I ko lang alam kung ano yung extent of whatever influence Edge might have had creatively. So uh to hear na there were reportedly some differences between him and creative, sayang kasi yun nga, uh I mean I know you didn't like the story, I was kind of getting invested in it. So yeah, we are where yeah, we are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know talaga yung pinaka worst part about it that they didn't listen to Edge and that he would be discarded like uh, a regular performer. Which he is not. He's clearly not. He is your miracle guy. He's your miracle baby. He's your legend currently working right now. He's not even a part-timer. So that's super weird to me. Yeah, uh, we don't know if Edge is going to be back on Raw next week or if they're going to put him on the shelf for, I don't know, a month or two and let Sina Finn recap Muna. In the meantime, though, 
uh, Rhea Ripley is going to be wreaking havoc on the women's division because she's now the new number one contender to Bianca Belair's Raw Women's Championship. Deserve. Deserve, though. So I want to see this match happen. Both women are great. Uh, again, also, Rhea is also one of the women that have helped prove that the women in WWE, the female wrestlers, are actually elite level. Uh, no pun intended. So I want to see this match happen at Money in the Bank, and I'm sure it's going to be a banger. Emil, I think it might even happen at SummerSlam then, like as a sequel, in case my uh, shoddy finish going on at Money in the Bank. Um, I think when I saw Jung Fatal 4-Way, there really was no other choice other than Rhea here. Yeah, uh, it's about time that in. Uh, I think the judgment they push was it. And she had been floundering in the same way that Bianca was before WrestleMania. So, okay na rin to. Admin Angelus asking, was it a downgrade to have Becky compete for the 24-7 championship? I mean, technically, yeah. Objectively, it is. But uh, also, it's an elevation for the 24-7 championship. It's also something different. So, I'm also not opposed to anything different. It's also in line with Becky's downward spiral. So yeah. it's not totally out of left field and not totally outrageous. But it is, technically, when you look at it, it is downgrade. And of bias aside, I'm going to say, and it was kind of on brand for where Becky was going in K-Babe, na talagang desperate na siya to hold any kind of gold, pati yung 24-7 papatulan niya. Sana lang it was an actual, was it an actual match? I didn't yep, get the it was, it was. Ayun. So butin naman, it was competed, contested in an actual match. Yeah, Akira Tozawa Lumabas mid-match. And then when they were cleared out of the way, uh Dana Brooke actually pinned Becky. Okay, yeah. There you go. There you have it. Let's cross over now to AEW and talk about some of the stuff that's been going on in their neck of the woods. And let's start off with AEW world champion CM Punk, who announced over the weekend the rampage. Nah, he he needed to have surgery. He just had a successful one, according to Jim Ross Kanina. And he's going to be out for a while, which means AEW needs an interim world champion. And uh, as we break this down, I want to start with the fact that sana klaro yung announcement from the get-go because coming out of that promo, lahat tayo may tanong eh. Yeah, uh, no, I blame Jericho actually for, for somehow not understanding the promo and saying that Punk had to relinquish the championship, which, he, which Punk very clearly said he was not going to do. And then sana... Uh, someone came out. I saw Tony or Tony Schiavone actually announced the whole tournament thing while people were still reeling from the announcement so that everything would be in one place instead of Excalibur having to run it down during the main event between Scorpio Sky and Dante Martin. So that was weird. Uh, as for the injury itself, I'm okay with the idea of having an interim world champion. There is a built-in story. Uh, I, I don't mind Tony Khan wanting to be different in this case. Like, okay, sure. At least uh, it's an actual long injury and not like the one I believe Cody had when he had when he was out for COVID. So mm. uh, it's going to be a while. So I don't mind there being an interim world champion and them building a main event somewhere down the line. What about you guys in the chat? Uh, are you okay with the idea of having an interim world champion? Because remember, the, uh, so many guys have and, and women have had to relinquish their championships because they had to be on the shelf for a considerable amount of time. People like Batista, people like Finn Balor. Isn't uh, it weird to uh, keep referring to CM Punk as world champion even though he'll be out for, what, 
half a year, a year. Uh, Roman J. Punk wanted to relinquish the championship. Tony Khan did not want Punk to relinquish the championship. So Malika done. Um, as for the interim championship thing, it's a thing that happens in MMA in sports. So I don't really mind it as long as my basis are in real life sports. So I guess if you're not used to it, it would be weird. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's something that I think um, would be expected anyway. It's something you would be familiarized with anyway. Uh, something to get used to is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, something to get used to. And it's like Punk relinquished in it. Uh, uh, when you get a new champion anyway. All right. Um, speaking of championships, AEW also introduced a new one today. It's a mid-card championship called the All-Atlantic Championship. And they've got a tournament tournament to declare yung inaugural winner. And they've got representatives from many different countries. So we've got Bulgaria, Simiro, Canada, Ethan Page, Netherlands, Malakai Black, Mexico, Sipenta Oscuro, Pac, England, uh, Buddy Matthews, Australia, and you've got two representatives from New Japan Pro Wrestling. And looking at this title, you've got the Chinese and Japanese flags in an All-Atlantic Championship. Yeah, that's super weird. Nobody in AEW passed geography class because nobody called this out and said, "Uh, boss, this championship design looks weird because we are featuring two Pacific countries. Uh, Are we really gonna let America America themselves and be proud of it. So I know about the so from Bush League execution. Like anyone who has passed high school or grade school can point this out. Grade school can point this out. So pretty dumb. But obviously the idea is to make it be the intercontinental championship of AEW, which is why um you've got Australians and Japanese competing for it. Um it it's like how the European Championship wasn't really exclusive to European wrestlers anyway, so that part I don't mind. It's just that this execution is pretty stupid. Anyway, yeah. Um, as for that, I just put out a TikTok earlier today before we came on the air saying that this makes another championship for AEW. Um, I thought the FTW Championship was going to be the third singles championship, but now they wanted another one. So nobody cares I, about the FTW title. Sad, which is a sad thing because it's got a couple of good matches under it. So if this is going to be a thing, you might as well take out the FTW championship and you know uh, deactivate it. So um, yeah, see, our good friend Ash in the comments in the chat says this will be. He feels that this will be the belt that can travel to other promotions. I hope that they establish this championship as the belt that would be also defended in New Japan. So I hope that uh, that's the one. I hope that that's that's the case because otherwise, what are we doing this for? Yeah, there's so many titles now in AEW. As we say, magandang hapon to Ash. I believe it's noontime in the UK. Um, Right? Uh, You have the AEW World title, TNT, All-Atlantic, the tags, uh, and then yung ROH belts. So that's like a total of nine titles for the men alone. Uh, th- there's so much going on. Yeah, um, I don't know what they were thinking. I honestly don't. I do not know. I do not know what goes on in Tony Khan's head. Uh, I guess it's his problem now. I went. I don't think that when it's going to dilute the quality of AEW's stories, but there will be too much going on. That's just it. 
kayo in the comments. What do you think? What do you think about the All Atlantic Championship? Do you love it? Do you hate it? Um, aside from having the Chinese and Japanese flags there, I think the belt actually looks great. It reminds me it a does, lot yeah. of the Gift of the Gods Championship from Lucha Underground, which is always a great template for championship belts. So it's very, it's very regal yung design yeah. So I love it. Yun lang weird lang yung geographical errors. So leave your thoughts in the comments. Let us know what you think about that as we take another break. And when we come back, we will be paying tribute to one of only four men who's held the distinct title, the voice of the WWE. Michael Cole celebrated his 25th anniversary in the WWE this week. We'll do a TBT about that. But first, here's how you can support the podcast through your online shopping over on Shopee. Right, guys, as you know, uh, also a lot of deals happening on Shopee. Six Six just wrapped as well. But if you want to support the podcast through your online shopping on Shopee, all you got to do is use our affiliate link, podlink.co slash W9X, podlink.co slash the letter W, the number 9, and the letter X. Type that in your mobile browser, add to cart, and check out from the app. And what you buy will also help us do what we do here in the podcast, no extra cost. And now a quick word from our other podcasts on Podcast Network Asia. All right, let's get the TBT for this week and let us show some love to one Michael Cole who this week celebrated his 25th anniversary as a WWE talent. And I guess employee na rin kasi may katungkula naman siya dun sa main office. And Michael Cole, um, he guested on a podcast uh, on the Ringer Podcast Network by Brian Curtis New WrestleMania week. And he said that he's only one of four guys who's ever held the title, the voice of the WWE. So that's Gorilla Monsoon, Vince McMahon, Jim Ross, and Michael Cole. And it, it's such an achievement, such a testament then to everything he's brought to the sport, to the industry, na tumagal siya this long and that uh, he's still here at the top of his game. I remember back in the mid 2000s, early to mid 2000s, and uh, the early 2010s. Then it was only until recently. It was only recently, pala, that people loved Michael Cole's work. But uh, back then, back in the day, I don't know if if you guys here in the chat how far you've been watching or how far you've been fans online. But Michael Cole was universally hated by people. Because he wasn't JR, he couldn't quite replicate the JRness of JR and the JR and the uh, I guess the natural um, excitement and fandom for wrestling that guys like JR and King and even Taz had. So people always felt that Michael Cole was fake. So uh, they didn't rank him high enough, but. When I first started watching wrestling seriously back in the early 2000s, I thought Michael Cole was pretty good. Um, I thought he was the more professional-sounding commentator that uh, in the entire WWE, more than Jim Ross. Because Jim Ross was an old-school guy, uh, Southern, obviously very Southern, and uh, brought his own flavor to commentary. But... When it came to commentary, I, I really felt like Michael Cole was the more broadcast-sounding person in the entire uh, announce team. So I always thought that he was good. I didn't quite get why people hated him. Although I did kind of get it then eventually. But he ended up growing on me. Like He ended up being so... Uh, 
natural in the role or he ended up you know uh just taking quite a liking to the role that he is now a legend and everyone who comes into WWE will be compared against Michael Cole whether favorably or disfavorably Thanks to Admin Jackie, by the way, for initiating your conversation to comments. Please drop your favorite Michael Cole moments, your favorite Michael Cole quotes, Nino, um, as I shared this uh, story. Naman. Uh, when I first started watching wrestling, coming on your road, being stories, I mean, as fans, uh, intertwined na halosabay kami naging fans. Um, you know, Ro, you might have wanted to be like Eddie or Ray growing up. I always wanted to be like Cole. Like from the jump, I wanted to be like Michael Cole. Uh, so, sobrang idol ko talaga what he was doing, the fact na. Like you said, he did sound like an actual broadcaster when he was calling professional wrestling. And you know, now that I work where I work at this position, it's uh must not appreciate kung ginagawa niya. Kasi ang hirap ng ginagawa niya where he's telling a story, he's voice acting, he's channeling a particular mood, and then he has a segue to an ad read. He has to plug this show or that movie or get to this segment and that segment, react from whatever promo is happening. Sobrang daming nangyayarin until you actually sit down and put on that headset, have those voices coming in your ear. You won't know what it's like. So uh, I agree when Rose says that Michael Cole doesn't get the respect that he deserves. In fact, Michael Cole is so self-aware that when he guested in WrestleMania weeks at uh, The Ringer, this is how he described what he does as the lead commentator for WWE. And I quote, I am a fake broadcaster for a make-believe sport, and I use a fake name. End quote. Holy crap, diba? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was also pretty weird that and, uh, when, I, when I first found out all those years ago that Michael Cole was not Michael Cole's real name. So uh, it was also pretty amazing to know that Michael Cole came from a serious investigative, or didn't investigative, but a wartime journalism background. So yeah, covered, like a hard news show. Hard news, uh, and then he went for some reason. I never knew. I never knew if he explained why he did it, but he went to professional wrestling. He made his bones from being a backstage interviewer, all the way to being the voice of the WWE, and uh, he's just pretty great, man. Um, I I pushed for this uh, TBT to happen because we really do need to give Michael Cole his flowers while he's still alive and while he can still hear them. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I guess technically Michael Cole is my senior, my superior. So shout out to you, boss. You are you're freaking awesome. Um, yung podcast that I keep mentioning, he actually explains how he got into wrestling from his background as a reporter, as a hard news reporter. I just don't remember the exact circumstances. But uh, listening to his career arc, major my similarities. Now, you know, he did radio, I did radio, and then uh, he wanted to do sports, like actual sports commentary, and then ended up in wrestling. So I've got so many reasons to really uh, look up to, to Cole. And the fact that he does what he does on top of yung ginagawa niya sa WWE offices, uh, like he's a senior vice president of something. I just can't remember what right now, but of something. So that's pretty amazing as a whole. Glendale, um, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Glendale says that Cole and Taz uh, on SmackDown back in the early 2000s was one of his favorites. That, that was my favorite announced team Same. as well. Iconic um, again, man. Back when the video games, the wrestling, the WWE video games finally had commentary, I would uh, much rather play the SmackDown, the SmackDown arenas because it came with the with Cole and Taz. Because I would much rather listen to them than Jr. and King. And I'm so sorry for people who really like Jr. I mean, Jr. is great. Jr. is iconic as the 
voice of another generation, uh, of an entire generation. Pero I always really felt that Cole was not the one better, but more okay to listen to back then. Yeah, Cole and Taz is my king and JR. Because like uh, people like Chino, for example, he's a fan from an older generation. But I'm sure he was stumped for King and Jr. all day, and that's fine. But my King and Jr. is Cole and Taz, forever and ever. Amen. Tama, tama. Let's yeah. get to your favorite Michael Cole moments. Glendale shouting out Michael Cole's undefeated streak at WrestleMania. Diba, what a legend! Because <laughs> <laughs> that happened. Uh, Roman J. Michael Cole with the anonymous GM laptop. Yes, who could forget? In that same podcast, he explained why he heel. And it's actually a very interesting story, which I won't spoil for you. Kyle uh, mentioning the uh, call of Michael Cole when the Hardys returned at WrestleMania 33. Uh, Roman J, yung here comes the big dog for Roman Reigns. That's right. Emil shouting out yung professionalism of Michael Cole when Jerry Lawler had a heart attack on the air. Yeah, that was a, that, that was a different type of... of, of Insane. Like when that happened, but like uh, I, I don't know how I would be if um I had a partner in a live on air, biglang na heart attack. How I would have reacted. Uh, how how Michael Cole handled it was just really, really professional and really probably, know, very humane. He probably would have just been in the zone and did what he would have done. So, uh, yeah, that was pretty good. Uh, that's also why he turned face later on. By the way, yeah, <laughs> no choice, Canada. Eh? Uh, no yeah, so after that, you know, he went back to being uh, neutral slash babyface Michael Cole. Uh, ano pa ba? Yung it's boss time, yeah? Uh, he did make that a thing. Yung vintage, yeah. Vintage John Cena, vintage Randy Orton, as Emil and Glendale point out. Leo, uh, favorite Michael Cole moment. Him and Stone Cold taking an RKO from Randy Orton, among other things. Julian, uh, yun din, how he handled Jerry Lawler's cardiac arrest and every interaction with Pat McAfee. Uh, ba ba? Uh, Roman J also shouting out the coal miners. Remember that when he was such a big simp for the Miz and then yung sarili niyang fan base that were the coal miners. Yep. I hated that because uh, he was ragging on Daniel Bryan. And yeah. <laughs> Daniel Bryan is, is one of my favorites, right? So yep. he really did know how to push those buttons. Mm-hmm. Even to Bruce, he was actually mentioning that na Michael Cole did hate on Daniel Bryan a lot. Then we, when he turned face, you know, like you know, see Daniel Bryan, uh, Yon, so uh, those are basically your um, favorite Michael Cole moments. Thank Ito you for that. Homo, sorry, Ayon, sige, sige, yeah, so Jay Villalon says the heist of the century when Seth won the WWE Championship. Iconic call, by 31. the way. Yeah. Uh Sabi respect niya kay Michael Cole when Pat McAfee um, started commentating on SmackDown and got uh, got him to unleash his lighter side, if you will. Yeah. Uh he also shows Pat McAfee love in that podcast. Kasi inamin din ni Michael Cole na Pat McAfee is unlike any other partner he's ever had, which is why iba rin yung dynamic nila compared to when he was with other color commentators in the past, like Corey Graves or Taz or you know, whoever else, else he had as his partner. So yeah, uh, thank you to everybody who sent in your favorite Michael Cole moments, just showing him some love here on the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. And um, we're going to be talking about NXT in your house. That's part of the audio-only version. So check that out tomorrow when this episode goes live on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. But for now, let's get to our picks of the week. And I'm going to start with mine. 
main event ng Hell in a Cell, Cody and Seth. We've said everything we need to say. And if you have no time for, for anything, just like 30 minutes, go watch that Hell in a Cell match. Yeah, that's a pretty good estimation of the show. Uh, my pick of the week is from earlier today, Dynamite's main event, John Moxley versus Kyle O'Reilly uh, for the number one contender spot of the Interim World Championship. So that was pretty good. Again, John Moxley has not missed, and he was not about to start missing. Please go watch that. It is, the again, one of the prime examples of violence and drama all on the hands of John Moxley. Go watch it. Uh, just to bring it back to Cole really quickly, for, for those of you who might not get the reference, our opening tagline on the podcast where we say you're listening to the longest running weekly episodic Filipino wrestling podcast is a tribute to Michael yeah. Cole. Yes, it is. Back when uh, he used to refer to Monday Night Raw as the longest running weekly episodic cable television show in every intro. And at the time when we started the podcast, but you know, it stopped like, all of you remember it. No, eventually we got we gone on long enough anyway. To, yeah, to not deserve the natin siya. Oh. <laughs> so, yun, so yeah, yeah. Um, without really thinking about it all those years ago, we've been showing Cole a lot of love on the podcast for years and years and years. If you've made it this far, this is the audio-only version of the podcast where we break down NXT, what happened in your house, and champion the fallout afterward. And we got to start at the top. Braun Breaker still NXT champion like we predicted in uh, last week's live stream. And his new challenger appears to be Apollo Crews who returned to NXT. And unlike Natalia, hindi niya na-retain yung heel alignment niya. Yeah. Um, actually, I've, now that I think about it, I've, I thought the wording was weird. He said that he, wanted, he was going to stay for as long as he wanted to. So mm-hmm. I don't know if that was a call down for him. Like, is he officially back full-time in NXT? Because hey, he dropped the entire gimmick, the entire Nigerian royalty gimmick. Yeah, well, Aziz, Aziz. Commander Aziz is gone. And he was wrestling like a face, although he never really changed. So uh, I don't mind this at all because hey, Apollo Crews has a lot more to give NXT than the main roster. But setup. Like, is he really down there for good, for good, until... Um, they want to call him back up whenever that is because um, I've, I want him there for as long as he could. I, I don't want him on the main roster. I'm not sure kung tama ba yung term na call down or whatever because hindi ko rin alam yung contract situation. Eh. Ang alam natin, when you get called up to the main roster, you get bumped up sa contract, di ba? Like, yeah, yeah. you get main yeah, roster when, money. When you, get that, um, when you get the main roster contract, that's going to be your contract even though uh, you go back to NXT. So that's what... Ah, that's it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sina Zack Ryder, I believe. Finn, were... Mandy Rose, that's then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so see, Finn, I believe, was called back up because they were spending money, uh, main roster money for him to be on NXT. So I hope, yeah, I hope it's kind of like that because, uh, again, I just want to see Apollo Crews be himself and be let loose. So yeah. Uh, so I always felt okay. like, I know, I, I always felt like medyo na madali yung pag-call up kay Apollo Crews in 2016. Like when he signed with WWE in 2015, I felt like he was going to get warmed up, you know, like a lot of these big signings. And then I guess uh, natabunan din si Apollo eh, when sina Samoa Joe, sina Shinsuke Nakamura, when they all started coming in, yung, yung wave nila. So parang nawala si Apollo, kaya siguro na-call up na rin siya when the draft happened. So it's nice to see that he gets to come back to NXT. And... I'm actually excited to see him go head-to-head with Braun Breaker. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be fun. 
uh, I hope that he becomes a mainstay in the NXT main event picture. Uh, yun, um, I hope it's, it's more than just one match for him and Braun Breaker. Yeah. So, yun, uh, sana ma- uh, magdilang angel nga si Apollo Cruz. And he says na he's going to stay there for as long as he wants to. Uh, let's talk about the women here. Should Toxic Attraction have retained? Because that's—I mean—that's the result we got, but we predicted otherwise. Uh, Mandy was okay retaining, sure, but the but JC and Gigi probably should have uh, lost the championship. So I guess that means Casey and Katana and Kaden are going up to the main roster because that I, they they didn't show up on this week's episode. It's yeah. like they were gone. So. I guess that's where they're headed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, wala namang balita, wala namang rumors so far about anyone getting called up anytime soon. Pero with uh, the way things happen right now, wala na rin season eh. Diba dati merong expected times of the year? Like after a takeover or right around WrestleMania season, you know, somebody's going to be debuting or there'll be a bunch of debuts on the main roster. That's really no longer the case here. So I'm wondering kung ano yung plans for Katana and for Kaden. Um, I was pretty surprised. I mean, with Wendy Chu, I wasn't shocked that uh, she didn't beat Mandy Rose. But seeing Gigi and JC retain, I was Yeah. Uh, I guess um, they had plans. I, I guess they like Gigi and JC a lot, which is fine. They're okay. I, I, I like them too. I think they're really attractive. They're also really good in, you know, in their roles. Hmm. So I guess uh, another team will have to win, uh, win the championship some other time. Yeah, ang ang tanong lang is who kasi aside from Casey uh Casey uh Kaden and Katana. Hindi ko rin alam sino bang ibang babyface women's tag teams. Parang wala na, diba? Yeah, I guess we're about to make some then kasi there was an in, there is an influx of women uh down there in NXT. So, it's about um with a clear uh with a clear new number one contender sa women's division, there they should be making some new women's tag teams. Yeah, or maybe we'll get uh, Cora Jade and Roxanne Perez as a team. Because yeah. it's like that. Yeah, eh. Dun uh, na I don't mind that. Yeah. Your thoughts on Roxanne Perez as the breakout winner? Yeah, she deserves it. I think she is the... Obviously, she is the most skilled of the new batch of women that they just signed. Uh, they signed a lot of fresh faces and obviously uh, new-to-wrestling women. And I think... She was like the core jade of their batch. Na you may experience lang, yung in-ring experience lang. So, deserve naman niya. I think uh, it's interesting then that WWE didn't choose the prototypical, uh, stereotypical, uh, hot white blonde to be a breakout. So, buti na lang. They they are at least uh, giving and, and generous in that regard. Yeah, I was pretty happy to see Roxanne Perez win in the sense that she's a clear star. Like, she's young, uh, you know, Shempre not on the same level of like an Alba Fire in terms of in ring experience, but there's something there. And I'm loving what we've been getting out of Roxanne. I think, I think she can be like the female Rey Mysterio, na perennial career babyface, and you, you just won't be able to find a reason to boo her. Yeah, uh, she is hard to boo. And mm-hmm. I still think Pinaisha, but nobody's confirmed <laughs> that yet. Uh, it's the looks and the size, so that's re- really Pinaisha of her. But nobody's confirmed that yet. But yeah, she is uh, tiny, so that's going to make her hard to hate. And I don't think 
she is or unless she becomes like a Bailey na may hidden wild side pala or hidden taray side pala which I don't see happening anytime soon. Or unless she comes out at number 30 instead of like the equivalent of Daniel Bryan sa Royal Rumble. So. Yeah, I guess. Uh, how about the turf war? Did you like how it was resolved with Legado losing that turf war and being absorbed into the D'Angelo family? Okay naman kasi I have a soft spot then for the mafia gimmick. Um, what it does though is clearly make Legado the faces here. Because when yeah. you were when you were complaining about these are two heels going up against each other, you don't you didn't know who to cheer for. So now it's pretty obvious that uh, by being by virtue of being the enslaved and oppressed, see the name faces. So although I don't know where Electra Lopez is after all this. Yeah, it was weird. Nah, she wasn't there. Uh, also kind of weird to use the words enslaved and oppressed given that the mafia guys are white and legado are <laughs> Latinx. I'm not sure well, I was, I'm not sure I'm gonna use those words. <laughs> I mean and indentured servitude. So Jeez. But no, you're I mean, right. Um yeah. compelling na siya ngayon sa akin. Like I'm clearly rooting for Santos, Joaquin, and Cruz del Toro here. Um I can't wait to see the next chapter because it's nice to see Santos be yung inaalipusta for for a change. Yeah. Uh, it's also good because he gets to be King Cuerno again. In terms yes, of that's right. That's absolutely right. Uh, we kind of saw shades of that in the Nathan Fraser match this week. So uh, um, if you missed out on Lucha Underground and his run as King Cuerno, yon may konting patikim. So and and I love King Cuerno in Lucha Underground. So that should be a uh, fun little arc here for Santos Escobar. Um, last thing here on NXT. Did Melo really need to be a two-time North American champion? What do you think? I don't know. Um, I would have wanted him to, yeah, like I said last week in the predictions, I wanted him to advance to Braun Breaker. So I guess they had other plans. They wanted Apollo Crews to come teach him. So union. So I don't know. Uh, I don't think that he needed to be champion just to get Solo Sikoa to be pushed. I think, uh, if anything, this tells us that Cameron Grimes is probably being primed for a uh for a main roster call up so i wouldn't be surprised if he shows up there on smackdown or wherever yeah uh kind of kind of weird i didn't see that coming as well uh but okay lang i mean people love solo sikoa and if uh carmelo hayes continues to be this hateable the that makes solo even uh, more overwhelming as a favorite as a baby face so i guess they've got that going on for them I mean, it wasn't too bad. Uh, but zooming out here, what do you think of the show uh, of, of In Your House as a whole? Uh, okay, man. Um, again, uh, it's developmental. So it is what it is. And you try to kind of excuse that when you're looking at these cards, these matches. Uh, okay, man. It's a good rep for all of them. Uh, I still don't get Joe Gacy. Still don't understand all of that. But... Uh, Changed some, but didn't change a lot of the NXT landscape at the moment. Yeah, if anything, yung nagbago lang naman talaga was the Creed Brothers winning the Tag Team Championship. Uh, so congrats to them. I thought it was a coming out party for the Creeds if the Dusty Classic Finals wasn't enough of a coming out party. Good stuff, good showing from both teams, Pretty Deadly and the Creed Brothers. And it's clear what story NXT is telling here with the Diamond Mine. Like, more and more. Uh uh, yeah, Roderick is Roderick Strong is a dick dad. So uh, <laughs> there's that, and 
apparently they're not gonna live it down just yet. Yeah. So ayun, uh, go check it out uh, if you haven't yet you, in your house. It is fun. And uh, for those of you who are uh, who who haven't caught Hell in a Cell in Tagalog, uh, surprise, wala pa pala sa network. So I'm actually right, gonna be. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually going to approach uh, my bosses. I'm going to ask them about that because, believe it or not, we actually have some parents in the Philippines who use our audio to help their kids understand Tagalog better. So nice. that's pretty cool. I don't know. I don't work for them. Uh, asking, the wrong, <laughs> asking the wrong co-host. But uh, I did think that was weird. So uh, go, uh, please, I hope that it comes there. I mean, I hope that they put it back on. Yeah, 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 we'll we'll get that issue that that issue resolved. In the meantime, though, uh, go check out the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast on Twitter and on TikTok as always at Wrestling to Expod. That's where you can send all of your questions and your comments. All right, let's get to your picks of the week. Leo picks the Hell in a Cell match, Women's Triple Threat, and Pac versus Buddy Matthews on Dynamite. Julian picks the Hell in a Cell match and the Hangman promo on Okada. For Forbidden Door, Emil picks Cody versus Seth. Roman J, the no holds barred match. Admin Angela picks Roxanne Perez's win as uh, NXT. James Andre with a laundry list as usual. Among them, the set attack on Cody after he showed him respect. Kuno. Uh, ano pa ba? Emil saying na ngayon ko lang nalaman na mas matanda pala ako kay Roxanne Perez. Yes, lahat tayo. Lahat tayo. Um, Glendale picks Cody Seth and the women's triple threat and Mox versus KOR. Bruce picks Matt Riddle trying to speak French. Yeah, that was hilarious. The omelette du fromage reference was great, eh? Halatang ka generation natin siya. Sa Kumu Baru, meron bang ano, picks of the week? Yeah, yes. Jay Villadon says the preview of the All Atlantic Championship was the pick of the week. I don't know why, but that's his choice. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's it from Kumu. All right. So anything that you want to let our listeners check out as we get out of here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, see, Emil, I believe, I think it was Emil who said, or see, Julian, pala, see, Julian pala said that he's only seen highlights of MWF Republica. All you got to do to catch the full show in full, I think with our commentary, I'm pretty sure, because we recorded a whole bunch of it. Um, just oh, didn't got that many. Yeah, that's a, that's a first. That's a, <laughs> nobody briefed us on that. Anyway, uh, you can watch the whole thing on Gank soon enough. All you got to do is subscribe to MWF on Gank. Ganknow.com slash Manila Wrestling Fed. Uh, it is only $10 or only 540 pesos for 100 Gank coins. So that's one month subscription. I think even with the rising gas prices. So uh, you get not only that, but also uh, a chance to win the cool trading cards of Ken Warren and Robin Sane that we've been posting about uh, since yesterday. So just sign up between anytime this month, now till the end of the month. So yun. And also follow us on TikTok at Wrestling2XPod. Again, I am trying to do one video a day. So if you've noticed, uh, marami content. Uh, just keep asking us questions. Uh, ask us some good ones, not just some current event stuff because I really want to get back to talking about wrestling and how it works so yeah uh yeah i think that's it for now yeah if you ask uh, questions about wrestling commentary you can ask me and ro yon we'll step in we'll, we'll do yeah. videos about that too why not sure. uh ash you know thank you for for showing us a lot of love can't wait for you to get back in the ring as well and you know just have another another love chin you, wag ash. as you say over there love you uh 
Yeah, and um, let's check out another. Uh, please check out Rowan's vlog about MWF Republica. He did create some content about that. Go show the young buck some love. Next week on the podcast, Chino Liao will be back for episode 501. But of course, episode 500 Muna that's dropping on Tuesday along with some news on our merch. Uh, check out Chinese by Blood, Filipino by Heart. Sundays 8 p.m. on CNN Philippines. I'm on that. And On Deck with Stancy. New episode this week featuring Joelle from Q Morning Brew. She's also the Paano Kung Girl on TikTok and on Spotify. And we talk about how to lend it responsibly. So that's a fun podcast. Um, he's at Rose War. I'm at underscore Stancy. Go follow Chino as well at Chino Supersize and Rowan at Monday Night Rowan. Thank you so much to everybody behind the scenes over at PNA. And thank you very much to everybody watching the stream from as far as the UK like Ash, from as far as the US like Matt Scott, and everybody here in the Philippines as always. Everybody following us on Spotify. Really appreciate you all. We'll catch you for episode 500 and episode 501 next week on the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. Marami salamat. We're out. Bye-bye. Peace. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything.